0: This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating .11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating .11% of every purchase.
1: everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Adults. My name is Glenn King, and I'm proud to bring you, as always, adult entertainment talk for the adults entertainment curious. And I have with me today a very special guest. She came right here to see me at the Mean Bitch Mansion. She's one of my closest friends in the world. She is the great Goddess Helly. Yeah. Goddess nice. everybody. Um, okay, so... Goddess Helly is a former porn star who was known as Helly Hellfire. She has now moved on to a second career and maybe a third career. We're going to dig into all of that with her, find out a little bit about how she got in the industry, how she transitioned, and some of the other things that she's doing. So let's start right into it. Helly, you uh, grew up in in a foreign land. Is that right?
2: (laughs) Yes, I grew up. I was one of your neighbors to the north.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we know about you Canadians always looking to take over America, uh, always looking to sneak in over the borders, that kind of thing.
2: Exactly, yeah. We're always trying to get in through the back door.
1: Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> well said, well said. All right, so when did you come to the United States?
2: Um, I moved to Los Angeles from Toronto in January of 2005.
1: Ah, okay, which coincidentally is right about the time that you got into porn.
2: Um, I was uh, I was Mm webcamming and actually I didn't get into porn until a few years later I uh, married an American in 2005 and didn't actually get into porn until we separated in 2010
1: so, um you got your start webcamming. Was that on StreamAid or one of the other services?
2: Um, my start webcamming was on uh video secrets.
1: Oh yeah, right, right. I love those guys.
2: Yeah, and then flirt for free.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And What were you doing at the time? Was it just pretty much straight up, regular old, spread your legs and play with a vibrator? Or were you starting to get into some of the role-playing activities?
2: I actually got into doing the role-playing activities pretty quick. Um, I had a natural ability to draw submissives and fetishists to me, even though I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about BDSM at the time. Um, but that was just, I think I was naturally born for it and other people could sense it before I could.
1: There you go. Okay. So you were naturally drawn into it. You had big, thick boobs, um, and a Pamela Anderson type look, which is extraordinary and beautiful as you still are today. Thank you. Um, did you get the boobs put in before you got in the industry or after?
2: I had my first set of boobs put in, um, when I was webcamming. You saw me the first time with my second set, and I put those in as soon as I started doing porn. Okay. Um, yes.
1: All right. So, how did the jump happen? You know, you, you started doing camming, you got the big boobs, you had the hot look going. Then how did you decide to start doing porn?
2: Um, I was DJing at the time, and... I considered myself a DJ first and foremost and I thought well what's the what's a silver bullet to get me to the top of the industry as a DJ and I'm how am I gonna get some you know fame and notoriety and I was like okay well I'll just start doing porn and it worked it helped my DJ career take off but I didn't expect that my porn career was gonna take off too
1: Uh, you um at some point down the road you actually went on tour as a dj with britney andrews right uh
2: yes um we toured together to japan for the hacienda festival
1: how does a person learn to be a dj
2: um i learned from this og dj producer who's been around in the la scene since the 1970s and had a record shop On Melrose Avenue that's no longer there and it was called Street Sounds and I'm still close with this guy today he's like an uncle to me but I would go to his record shop every day I lived right down the street in West Hollywood and I would just practice 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 for four or five hours a day under his guidance yeah
1: okay yeah yeah and then you really developed into something special as a DJ yeah, and do you still do DJing today? Whenever you can.
2: Um, the last time I DJed was actually by accident on New Year's Eve, um, a house party I was throwing. We lost our DJ last minute, okay. so yeah. I had to step up to the tables. Yeah. But before then, I hadn't DJed for close to four years. You know, when I'm when I retire from when I retired from DJing, I sold my turntables.
1: How did it feel to get back on the bicycle then on New Year's Eve?
2: It was kind of fun. I needed a couple drinks first because I was a little nervous, but yeah, it was just like riding a bicycle. It was awesome, actually. But I don't, I don't know if I'd do it again. I did get offered to do um, a small side stage at um, EDC, Electric Daisy Carnival, out wow, here in Las okay. Vegas this summer.
1: Awesome.
2: Yes. Um. Yeah. And, uh, and the connection for that is actually a connection through the BDSM community. So,
1: Cool, yeah. okay. So, so you're going to do it?
2: We'll see. I'm waiting to hear how much they're going to offer me to do it because I apparently would have to show up at 9.30 in the morning, and I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So they better pay double your normal rate if they expect <laughs> you to be getting up early in the morning. And it I is gotcha.
2: EDC. I mean, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that would be pretty prestigious to do it.
1: That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, getting back through your history here. So mm-hmm. you moved here from Canada. Or you moved to the United States from Canada. You started webcaming for the different sites. Then you got into porn um, with the hopes of enhancing your brand as a DJ. What was it like doing porn sets for the first time then?
2: Um, I think the, the first time I was on a proper porn shoot was for Naughty America. And I was nervous and I... Uh, I forgot what, you know, you're supposed supposed to bring two pieces of ID, and uh, I only had one piece of ID, and I was just, I don't know, I didn't have the right wardrobe, so I kind of learned right away that, you know, it's not just show up and and screw, so I had to put a little bit of effort into it. But it's a. I I learn quickly.
1: Well, what happened there? So your your first agent was L.A. Direct, I believe. Is that correct or not? Uh,
2: no. My first uh, agent was Shy Love at ATM LA. Ah, okay. Yeah.
1: So they're supposed to give you your details. So what happened? Did you not pay attention to your details? I didn't
2: pay attention okay. to my details. They didn't drop the ball. I did. So I got you. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then what was it like though? You know, with your okay. So first off. How did you pick your first agent?
2: Um, I did a little research into the different agencies that are out there, and I thought ATMLA had uh, the best website, and for my taste, I thought they had the the prettiest, you know, the prettiest
1: performers. So,
2: Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be part of them.
1: Okay. (laughs) it's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you screwed up your first shoot like that, did Sha yell at you? Or I didn't screw it
2: up. They they uh, they let me they let me um, use like a an additional like a like a secondary form of ID. It was like a credit card or something like that. That's good. So and then um, I just ended up shooting my scene in the street clothes that I rolled in with. Um, but I you know I also had a background as a as a stripper, mm-hmm. so I rolled in there with a bunch of stripper clothes. And it was supposed to be more of a girl-next-door look. So, yeah.
1: You know what? When you look like you do, um, we producers can forgive a lot of stuff like that. Because we know know you're going to make us money. (laughs) I'm sure they weren't too upset about it. um, So, for all you producers that listen to the show... The 2257 laws don't really specifically require two IDs. Um, They really only require one government issued ID. But the reason everybody wants two is in case one of... First off, you you never want to have somebody use a fake ID on you, so you get two of them makes it harder for people to fake. Um, But also sometimes stuff happens when you make a copy of an ID. You know, something gets blurred on it or whatever. Or you're taking pictures and the pictures don't come out or get blurred or you lose them. So two forms of IDs. It's just a backup. And some companies now require three forms of ID to have a backup to the backup. Yeah. All right. So that's what you did. You went to your first set Naughty America. By the way, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King. And our guest today is Goddess Helly, whom you can find on Twitter as at... Goddess Helly. There you go. <laughs> G-O-D-D-E-S-S-H-E-L-L-Y. Alright, so you got on sets, your agents started sending you all these great places. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Were you feeling like this was like easy for you, or was it somewhat of a challenge and struggle?
2: Uh, no, actually, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. At, at first, um, I, I found that I took to it really quickly, and I was able to uh, perform better than I thought. And I started getting a lot of bookings with Brazzers and Naughty and Hustler, and um, that was the year that I ended up doing the St. Lady Gaga. And I got nominated for Best Actress in a Feature Film for Avian and X-Biz that year.
1: Wow, that's really cool. And what was the Lady Gaga thing?
2: Oh, it was a Hustler feature. Axel Braun uh, did it, and it was called This Ain't Lady Gaga, Triple X.
1: Wow, and you played Lady Gaga? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that's a huge thing in our industry, getting the lead in an Axel Braun film, but people have told us on this podcast that working on an Axel Braun set can be quite challenging.
2: The hours are very long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, give us an example of, an, of a day on an actual bronze set.
2: Um, I, I remember doing um, three scenes in one day. I had, like, three major uh, wardrobe and makeup changes. Um, I think I showed up on set at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I was there until 3, 3.30. In the morning the next wow. day. Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of people have walked off Axel Braun's sets. You know, and it was it's,
2: three days in a row like that. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah it's kind of common. And, and, you know, this really isn't that uncommon for mainstream films. Um, you, you know, I've worked on a lot of mainstream mm-hmm. sets before, and they do. They start really early and they work very late in a lot of cases because they're trying to get through a lot of pages of dialogue in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Axel is kind of famous for. Um, for keeping people a long time in it and it just being a lot more challenging than a normal set Axel who is renowned as one of the great directors mm-hmm. in the business what did he do before each scene with you did he give you a speech about what he was looking for in the scene did he help you understand yeah. the dialogue
2: yeah yeah he did he was really good that way um, and also I had to learn these parody songs so, um, you know, he would, you know, take a few minutes out before the scene and play me this, uh, this song that he wrote and, uh, was sung to be like a Lady Gaga song. It was like a parody off of like, uh, Telephone. That's the one I remember. And, uh, I learned the lyrics, you know, maybe 20 minutes before we shot the scene and then I had to lip sync them
1: on oh, so you time. didn't, you didn't actually sing. And dance. <laughs> Why didn't you sing? What happened that um
2: He had him pre-recorded with somebody's voice who sounded like Lady Gaga.
1: Oh, I see. That yeah. is a tough voice to do, sure. It's one thing to be a great singer, but to do Lady Gaga is pretty tough.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I did all the dance choreography for that movie.
1: And did he stay on set then and direct you, or what? did he actually have an AD that did the the cut action type stuff?
2: I honestly don't remember. Okay. It was a while ago. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, so that was your first sort of run at things, but then you switched agents. I think you ended up at LA Direct, right? Yeah,
2: I was with ATM LA for about a year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, and then I went over to LA Direct for six months, and.
1: Uh, that's when I booked you.
2: Yeah, that's when you booked me for my uh, first proper femdom right site.
1: So at this point, though. I'm guessing you had done some fetishes from webcam shows. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a total shock to you to get booked for a femdom scene.
2: No, and I was actually in a femdom relationship at the time, and I didn't even realize it. It had just kind of developed that way. But, you know, I look back on it now, and at the time, like, I had a live-in sub.
1: Okay. Explain, please.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So um, yeah. So I I had a uh, a submissive boyfriend that I had uh, living um, in my in my you know my uh, apartment, and um, we were very much engaged in a dom sub relationship. And throughout the course of our relationship, I mean, he entered it, you know, looking very much like a man. Mm-hmm. And um, throughout the two years we were together, he morphed into um, a tranny,
1: transgender. Uh,
2: well, a tr- um, more like a a heavy crossdresser.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. So um, he by the time we. I ended the relationship he was going out of the house dressed in a skirt and a scarf and little tank top long hair and red lipstick and black eyeliner he looked like looked like a little tart leaving the house every day to go to work
1: So you sissified your boyfriend. Uh, Uh, I
2: don't even know if I was trying. I think that maybe he just used me as an excuse to do what he'd been wanting to do all along.
1: I would grant you that if it weren't (laughs) for the fact that we're now five boyfriends down the road and all five of them have that same thing in common where they ended up with, you know... Little bit of eyeshadow going on, some lipstick from time to time, some nails that are done.
2: I think I'm actually drawn to that look. I, I do really like um, the men in my life to have, you know, guy liner and nail polish and smoky eye. But I want them to be all man, you know, at the same time, too. So I have a very, very uh, particular type.
1: Right. You yeah. wanted to be all man, but dressed like a woman. There's nothing no. wrong with that. You're, you're.
2: Just a little, I like a little effeminate. hmm Yeah, pretty.
1: And how did that start with your first uh, boyfriend there? Like, was it just one day that you asked him to throw on some um, eyeliner for you? Uh, or?
2: You know what? He wasn't actually the first boyfriend that I threw eyeliner on. Um, I think I've been doing that since I was 21. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he was just um, sitting there one day watching me do my makeup And I could see by the look in his eye that he was fascinated by the process uh. And so I offered to put a little bit of clear mascara on his eyelashes To just bring them out And um, it just kind of, he just lit up at the suggestion And yeah
1: Lovely. Uh, You know, (laughs) and next thing you know, he's just one thing after another. Next thing
2: he's like into my MAC makeup brushes, and he's got my red lipstick on, and like my black eyeshadow, and just, here, take the makeup, I'll go get myself some more, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so if you're a guy, and you're at home, and you have always secretly fantasized about um, being sissified but you didn't know where to go now um, I'm bringing you the lady that can help you with this it's goddess Haley, you're going to want to go check her out well you can see, it's, I think it's quite obvious to you the listeners how she evolved from a porn star into a dominatrix since she sort of had it in her the whole time so we're going to find out about that transformation but first I need to tell you about the greatness of Blue Chew our sponsor here Blue Chew is the world's first chewable uh, pill, erectile dysfunction pill, that gives you the same active ingredients as um, Viagra and Cialis. I personally use Blue Chew. Helly over here has a friend who personally uses Blue Chew and can attest to the greatness of Blue Chew. So on last week's podcast, we talked about how this week I was filming the fourth scene of my um, soon-to-be epic feature movie called Cock Queen. Uh, So this week we did it. We filmed the scene. It had Kimberly Chi. She was the maid. So the dad came home, the husband came home, and uh, said, Hey, wife, great news. I've hired a maid to help us out around the house. And uh, then as soon as I left the room, the maid plopped down on the couch and started watching TV and told the wife, Shut the fuck up. I would never actually clean up for someone like you, who is old and pathetic and weak. And then told her that she could sense a lesbian when she sees one and knows that she was, the wife was fantasizing immediately about kneeling before her. So she told the wife to kneel before her and then she made the wife put on the maid outfit and clean the house while she fucked her husband in front of the wife. So beautiful scene. Um, I played, of course, the husband in the scene. And it was my money on the table, as always, producing this scene. I hired a makeup artist, a crew. Uh, I hired female talent. I hired the cuck queen herself, uh, whose rate keeps going up as she continues to develop new skills. So all this money's on the line, and it all revolves on one thing working right, and that is uh, my ability to get an erection. And that's why I use Blue Chew. I took a Blue Chew the night before, and then I can always take another one the day of to get up to the doctors uh, what doctors recommend usually with Cialis which is 10 milligrams Uh, but I used it and I performed like a champ and you can do the same thing it's chewable so that means it gets in your system a lot faster uh, than a regular pill would You also do not have to go to your pharmacy to pick this up. You do not have to go through the embarrassment of standing in line and then having them yell really loud for you that, hey, did you need to talk about the side effects of Cialis that you probably need? (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to go through all that with Blue Chew. You're just going to go to their website, which is www.bluechew.com, and you're going to type in a little box that I need help getting uh, erections, And a doctor is going to review your little thing that you typed in, prescribe the pills for you, and then they're going to get sent right to your home in a discreet package, and then it tastes like Pez, like it's kind of a cherry flavor type thing. It's delicious. So let me make it a no-brainer for you. Try it out for free. That's right. Try it out for free. If you're a listener of the podcast, you get to go to the website, and then um, when you get to the checkout, you're going to enter the promo code ADULT, that's A-D-U-L-T, and you're going to get some free uh, of your first shipment for free you do have to pay for the shipping which is five bucks Um, so give that a try though and you will then I want you to email me or twitter me or something and let me know how great it worked out for you because I have so many friends um, so many people who have said they, they heard about this on the show and have tried it out and now believe that they are indebted to me for the rest of your life so I want you to feel indebted to me for the rest of your life as well. So give that a try and then let me know how appreciative that you are. Blue Chew. All right. Back to Goddess Helly over here who was a porn star but then realized her true calling. What happened? How did you – what was the big um, thing for you that happened?
2: Um, what happened? Uh, you know, I, I, I was at a uh, Los Angeles fetish film festival. In the, I guess it was November of 2013. And I was dressed up, you know, I had like my leather and, you know, my sexy outfit on. So very much like a dom outfit. And, um, but it was just, you know, I liked it. It was very rock and roll. And I was spotted by one of the top international dominatrixes in the world who happens to be based out of LA. Her name is Isabella Sinclair, and she's, she's world-renowned. Um, yeah. You know, she's been around for about 25 years and has a great reputation. And so she reached out through a mutual friend when, um, when she saw that we were friends on uh, Facebook and said that she had noticed me at the Fetish Film Festival and would I be interested in um, training under her. And I was really intrigued by the opportunity. I'd never considered, you know, being a professional dominatrix.
1: But you had been, this was after I booked you for a scene, right? Yeah, yeah. So
2: I I, I was lifestyle, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
2: in a way. But um, so I started training under her and reading about the, uh, reading about the community and I later that year I ended up doing a I think it was like a, sh- a shoot it was a boy girl girl okay and um I, I remember Mike Quasar was directing it and and the last few scenes I'd been doing before that I had almost been doing like almost like a reverse cuckold um in my and these were just regular like you know a browser scene that sort of stuff uh, but it was coming, like, the real, like, bitchy, cunty thing was, like, coming out on set, you know, in my performance, which was hot, but I wasn't feeling like a regular porn performer anymore because you have to be submissive in a way, you know, like, take the load on your face or yep. swallow the
1: cunt, you know. It's the basic premise of yeah, porn is yeah. that really females are submissive in your what's considered mainstream porn.
2: yeah. And um, I just didn't feel that I could do that anymore, do it, you know, happily. And I remember the last, the last part of the scene that Quasar was directing. I was the, uh, and I can't remember the name. It was uh, Madeline's husband.
1: Will Havoc.
2: Yeah, I think he was um, he was the male in the scene. Okay. And um, he came in the babysitter's mouth, and I was the wife, and um, and she looked at me like as if to do a cum swap, mm-hmm. and I looked at her, and I was like, oh. like, just that, like, that nah.
1: Yeah, she's <laughs> like... And I was like right now she's looking at me like It ain't happening yeah. yeah
2: and I just remember a quiz I just dropped his head like <laughs> and I just like yeah. and then he just said cut yeah. and I was like that was my last scene it just kind of clicked like that you know and and then I actually moved up to Canada for a few years and I was webcamming and then I started professionally um, doing sessions as well and um you know, that was back in 2015 and, you know, through, through you know, just I just focused, you know, 100% on being a webcam dominatrix and just slowly the Helly May Hellfire character dropped off and those fans you know, either they dropped off or they kind of morphed into fetish fans. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I introduced a lot of them to um, you know, the, the DS aspect of sex um you know through introducing them to something as simple as doing jerk off instructions yeah and just having that kind of progress to come eating instructions to strap on worship to forced buy, to cuckolding you know just it kind of just sort of goes on its own um path depending on the person
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah Okay, so I'm understanding this here. You, you started, you did a scene for MeanBitches.com, which was the first time that you had done Femdom on camera. Correct. Then you started um, training under Isabella Sinclair, and then you started incorporating this into your scenes. Yeah. Y- you know, an interesting thing is that if you go back and you look at the most successful female porn stars of all time, a good percentage of them were the ones who incorporated Femdom into their scenes, without being told to do it. Um, It was just, and that made them stand out because every other performer just basically does what she's told and comes across as submissive. Mm -hmm. So you were probably starting to really stand out, but your heart wasn't (laughs) into it anymore.
2: I had a lot going on back then. So, yeah, and I actually, I, yeah, but, you know, without getting into that, but I I almost had to move to Canada for a little while, so, um, but, you know, things just kind of worked out the way that they did, and uh, here I am, you know, um, what, five years later, and, you know, a professional dominatrix.
1: And a great professional dominatrix. So, what do you specialize in now?
2: Uh, my specialties uh sissification. There you go. Um, uh, I do a lot of role play. I've got a really creative mind. Um, forced by, cuckolding, strap on worship, um, and forced intox has become very popular as well. Mm, yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Uh, forced blasphemy is that a thing
2: oh yeah that's right I do blasphemy fetish as well. <laughs>
1: um,
2: you know it's a thing definitely um, and it was quite popular uh, last fall but it seems to be waning now a little bit and the intox is becoming very popular these days
1: so forced blasphemy for our listeners is where a religious person wants to be forced to do something that goes against their religious values
2: exactly yeah and I was getting quite a few requests for that um, a little while back and uh, mainly um, you know revolves around you know the the Catholic religion but um, I was getting uh, Muslims that were uh, requesting me to uh, speak against Allah Put my feet on the Quran. Oh,
1: the feet. The, yeah. And that, you know, culture, the feet, is such a huge thing.
2: Yes, yes. Or, you know, I'll get somebody who's Hindu and wants to worship my feet, the bottoms of my feet, especially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what about forced, politi- forced politification? No. Nobody's doing forced politification with you yet?
2: Not with so me. So that's
1: where basically... A guy in a Trump hat and a MAGA hat and all that stuff wants to be um, degraded for being a Trump voter.
2: I haven't even heard of that one yet.
1: Oh, it's happening. You can see it on Twitter. These doms talk talk a lot about, you know, they'll take a staunch Republican or a staunch liberal. I mean, it's just, you know, it's all role playing. Mm -hmm. And force him to do things, uh, you know, especially if they can combine forced by and force politification uh, into one thing because, you know, that's part of the Republican platform in a lot of cases is that are somewhat anti-gay. and. Uh,
2: How interesting.
1: Yeah. Maybe you want to add that to your list of services on the menu. I that do you need a new up.
2: trucker hat. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just have yourself. I've seen, I've seen um, doms on Twitter. They will make the guy wear a Trump mask. Okay. And then the did you degrading things to him?
2: Oh, how am I like missing out on this?
1: It's you know Twitter is a great source. I, I really miss Tumblr because I thought Tumblr was so um, it was so trendy. Like one day you'd see that yeah, forced intoxication is hot now, and all of a sudden all these Tumblr posts would be. For Syntox.
2: Yeah. And
1: then a week later, you look at it and it's like, wow, nobody's talking about that anymore. Now it's all Les Dom and Cut Queen and Cupcakes. And, you know, and then a few weeks later, it'd be something else. And, and it was really easy to keep my fingers on the pulse of the industry. But now without Tumblr, it's not quite as simple. Hopefully, there are sites that are replacing Tumblr that are getting stronger every day. So
2: I need to uh, get a list of those.
1: Yeah, and I should. Contact them and ask them if they want to be sponsors of the show here, actually. Ooh, that would be idea. good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not giving you guys the names of the ones I know. They're going to have to um, sponsor us first. <laughs> 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 Got to make a living here, damn it. Okay, so um, you're doing these sessions. You're doing stuff like this. We're going to get into some other things with you. I know you have other uh, things that we want to talk about with mm-hmm. your, your um, uh, clothing line, or not clothing line, your, your cosmetics line as well. Skin We're going to get into that skin yeah. care very soon yeah. here. Um, I also want you to mention that you're touring right now.
2: Uh, Yes, doing a little mini um, tour to uh, Los Angeles.
1: There you go. So Uh, you're going to be in L.A. for what dates?
2: um, I'm going to be there uh, on April 2nd and 3rd. Uh And then I'm looking at uh, New York City mid-May dates to be announced.
1: Okay, so that would be on your Twitter, where yes. you know you can talk about what cities that you're visiting. And your Twitter, again, is...
2: At Goddess Heli.
1: There you go. All right, well, we're going to talk about some of the other things that she's done in the industry, and maybe try to coax a story out of her. But first, I want to talk about, or let's go to a couple of uh, of our sponsors. So, let's talk about Sext Panther. So, Sex Panther is just the coolest damn thing in the world. I'm really delighted to have them on board as a sponsor here, because I've been... A big fan and advocate of theirs for a long time. Um, here's what Sex Panther is it is essentially a way for you to communicate with all of the, the, your favorite porn stars. Uh, back in the old days, you know, you would have to go to a live event to meet a porn star, but now you can just go to SexPanther.com, let's say SexPanther.com slash Christy Canyon, and then you can um, send a text to Christy Canyon. And then Christy can send you back a picture, or you can talk to Christy on the phone, or you can get a video sent to you. So it's kind of like pay texting or pay sexting, and that's why they call it Sex Panther. So um, that's for you. If you're a listener of the show and you want to talk to some of the great—you want to personally connect with some of the great guests that we've had, go to sexpanther.com. You'll find Christina Rose. You'll find Kimberly Chi. You'll find Christy Canyon. And uh, you'll find Ginger Lynn, who was on the show last week. Now, if you're a performer, I also wanted to send this message to you in that you're building your brand. You're getting thousands of followers on Twitter. You're getting thousands of followers on Instagram. You need to figure out how to monetize that big base of followers. Here's what you do. You set up an account on Sex Panther, and then your fans will be able to text you and sext you and call you and talk to you and do all those things with you in control of the situation. You're not going to have to give out your real phone number. They're going to gonna get a number to call or whatever. That's not your real number. And you can decide, well, here's when I want to be available. I can turn it on today or tomorrow or whatever, and then I can turn it off. And so it's all up to you how you want to do it. But it allows you to connect with your fans and um, get paid. So um, give that a shot. That's sextpanther.com, S-E-X-T. P-A-N-T-H-E-R, not Sex Panther, it's Sex. S-E-X-T, panther.com, check that out.
0: This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome Five Cheese Mac and Cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating .11% of every purchase.
1: And we're back with Goddess Heli, who um, has been really an interesting follow so far as we've we've traced her career, where she started out in webcams and then went into porn, and meanwhile had sissified all her boyfriends... And then um, started doing female domination stuff. But you've actually taken your career into another direction recently. Talk to us about your organic cosmetic products.
2: Um, So I have two uh, companies that I um, have been running for the last year and a half. Uh, The first one is an organic airbrush tanning company. And I have that here in Las Vegas. And um, I do uh, in-studio and mobile appointments. And uh, some of the local adult performers are clients. So... Including... Uh, Evanati Glenn... There you go.
1: So I'm actually a customer of yeah. her mobile tanning service. If you see me in any of my videos and you're wondering how I'm so tan in the middle of the winter wintertime, um, this is how I'm doing
2: it. No tan lines. And no tan lines. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, um, that's a growing company out here. And this is kind of the uh, one of the best places, I think, in the world to have a uh, airbrush tanning company. Um, you know, especially with pool party season coming up and all the strip clubs and, you know, all the adult actresses that are moving out here. So
1: Yeah. If you're a stripper in Vegas or you're a porn star in Vegas, you need to know Goddess Helly over here. So come to your place and spray you, and you'll have no tan lines, and you'll be looking hot.
2: Yeah, and it develops in as little as one hour. So if you need to be tanned and you don't have a whole lot of time before you've got to be somewhere, this is the perfect stuff for you.
1: So what's different about your um, spray tanning, which is organic, than the stuff that I would be paying if I went to a spray tanning place
2: well it, it is organic um, it's uh, it's healthier it's chemical free it's oil free um, so if you've got sensitive skin or lots of allergies it's not going to um, you know make you have a reaction and uh, it just looks better the color is better Looks more natural.
1: It smells a lot less strong. And too. yeah, and
2: you're not gonna walk away smelling like um, miso soup after. So if you've got <laughs> like if you got an appointment to go to in a couple of hours, you need to look like, tanned right away. You know, you can shower off before you gotta go to that appointment.
1: <laughs> okay, so how do they um, contact you to get this to get their spray tan lined up?
2: Um, you can actually contact me on uh, Instagram through that because. Um, I've got that uh, airbrush tanning company um, merged with my skincare line, which is called Apotheca Borealis. Uh, you didn't have to
1: spell that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, so that's APOTHECABOREALIS. And uh, that is a natural skincare company that I created while I was living in Canada and dealing with a whole bunch of health issues resulting from the uh, last round of breast implants that I had, which I've since taken out, but they caused all kinds of uh, havoc on my body. So. One of those uh, one of those things was, you know, it made me really super sensitive to chemicals. So I created this natural skincare line, and it just kind of took off. It was just recently in British Vogue. Um, it's been in the last two issues of that, actually. And uh, it's getting a good following here in Las Vegas, and it already has a good following in Canada. So um, I'm wearing many hats right now, but they're all fabulous.
1: So... Porn star, dominatrix, um, DJ, and now cosmetic line designer. Talk about what kind of products that you have. I personally have used her aftershave.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, they're they're uh, serums, moisturizers, toners. Uh, they all make great gifts for uh, a special somebody in your life. And um, if you use uh, – it's actually the only skincare line in the world to be made with Saskatoon berries, which are an incredibly potent superfood that nobody's heard of yet. But they are, they are higher in antioxidants than wild blueberries.
1: You do consultations, right? So, in other words, if a performer says she wants to contact you and say – You know, every time I shave, I get a rash down there that looks very unsightly. You would be able to talk to them and say, well, let me help you find the right product for you to put down there. Yes. Or...
2: Yeah, make a recommendation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because so many performers end up using these products that they get at the store, which then end up with more side effects from the first side effect that they're trying to cure...
2: Oh, and isn't that just the way it goes with pretty much everything nowadays? That's why I've made the switch to pretty much everything natural. Yeah. Um, and you're not just you're not just eliminating side effects, but you're gaining so many benefits through using natural products.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So give that a shot. Go check her out. Um, it's a Apotheca Borealis. Yes. On Instagram. So go hook up with her on Instagram, and then. Um, you know, start talking. Start an open dialogue with all the problems that you have in your life um, that you might be able to solve through natural products and, and see what Holly can recommend for you. I, I think mm-hmm. you'll be very pleasantly surprised. So let's wrap this up by going to some fun areas here. Talked about what was your most fun experience on set that you did when you were doing the porn movies?
2: Oh, uh I had a lot you know I mean my my experience in the adult industry was very positive um, i mean i I really enjoyed being on the mean bitches sets because that was always yeah. something that was you know different from the norm um, i I think I remember the first one really well. And you were teaching me, you know, what face sitting is. Ah,
1: yes. It was Femdom <laughs>
2: Ass Worship. I think it was Femdom Ass Worship Ten. Ah,
1: yeah
2: And um, yeah, and and I remember because uh, Brookhaven, yeah, was on that set as well um, as part of your crew. Yeah,
1: and she was my production manager. She's
2: a she's a good friend of mine. So that was a really fun day.
1: So she uh, probably contacted you before that day and said We're, you're going to work for my friend Glenn and uh, told you a little bit about what to expect or no? Yeah, just, yeah, and again. I feel like
2: I had just done her uh, radio show, okay. just briefly before that as well.
1: That makes a lot of sense because she was she would often have somebody come on her show and then say, "Hey Glenn, you should really check out so and so. She's amazing." And you know, I spoke to her about being a dom a little bit or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great.
1: Yeah. So, um, tell, okay, well, what about your wa- weirdest dom session that you've had then? Because I oh. know when we were doing the cam shows out of my dungeon studio in Los Angeles, I could tell you some crazy stuff of guys wanting to smash their balls with anvils. Oh. Or... Wanting yeah. to have gay sex while um, the Dom watches and commands them to do to <laughs> each other.
2: Okay, I have uh, several long-term sissies that mm-hmm. I've had, you know, um, with me for about going on six years, some of them. And um, sissy relationships can be pretty intense. Um, A lot of the time they will have you know wives or girlfriends Beyonce's that have no clue that this is what their partner is into so the fact that they're having you know these genuine moments you know revealing such a private part of their personality to me um, can be very bonding and um, I have one sissy who is just completely, um, has a fiance and he was just completely torn because like he was, had such strong urges to be a sissy. Um, but he was just in this, you know, committed relationship and he really, he was almost wanting to get caught. Eventually, um, I did, you know, help him to come out to his fiance. Yeah. And, um, she just, she actually, she took to it pretty well. You know, um, after he came out to her, she bought him a pink chastity cage,
1: oh, and wow. she actually
2: is taking on the dom role That's in their household.
1: So you have really saved their marriage. Then you should be very proud of that. Yeah,
2: they're still together, and that was, you know, probably about three years ago at this point. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot of rewarding things about being a dominatrix.
1: Didn't you tell me recently that you had a guy that you were trying to hook up with other men? You were going to make him turn gay.
2: Uh, yes. I have a few guys that are very um, into the idea of you know, say uh, you know, taking a weekend off and uh, me putting them up in some like you know, this is the fantasy they mm-hmm. want to be put up in like a like a roach infested
1: motel yeah.
2: in some seedy part of downtown Las Vegas, <laughs> and uh, me to, you know, um, pimp them out for the entire weekend, yeah. and just keep them, you know, effed up in the motel, just sucking and fucking <laughs> all weekend long, and just collecting all the money that I get from, like, pimping out their holes, And but that's a very popular fantasy.
1: Fantasy, and there you go. We're yeah. talking fantasies here. Yeah. All right, last question for you. Um, what advice would you give for the young Dom that's just getting started out there these days?
2: I would say uh, find a well-respected mentor. Just don't go into it haphazardly thinking, oh, I know what a Dom does, and I know what a Dom says, and um, because... You don't have a lot of experience as a dom, but there are people out there that have a lot of experience as a sub, and subs can be quite manipulative if you don't know what you're doing. So seek out um, a good mentor if you're serious and you want to play the, uh, you know, the uh, the long term.
1: Yeah, role. you can apprentice at you know these dungeons mm-hmm. for all you ladies out there that are thinking about doing this. It doesn't have to be. Just going on Twitter and suddenly setting up shop until they start demanding guys give you your money their money, you can actually apply at a dungeon and get a job as a dominatrix.
2: Yeah, well you can get, you know, start off assisting at a dungeon. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's great. Then you're surrounded by, you know, these strong femdoms and you can learn so much and you know, there's so many different subgenres of um, domination you'll 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 find your role a whole lot easier and quicker
1: absolutely all right let's tell people where they can find you um because you have multiple places so yes you got twitter
2: yeah um twitter is at goddess heli uh instagram is at goddess heli six 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 and if you're interested in the spray tanning, organic spray tanning, or the natural skin care line, um, apothecaborealis.com, and if you want $5 off your first order, add promo code ALCHEMY.
1: ALCHEMY. That's A L. C-H-E-M-Y. Yes. There you go. You also do live cam shows, so people need to go check you out there.
2: Yeah, if, you, if you're interested in a live cam show, um, message me. Uh, you can message me directly at GoddessHelly at protonmail.com to set up a Skype show. Um, and if you're already on the Streamate platform, it's goddessheli.cammodels.com.
1: Yeah. Also, if you look at my Twitter, Glenn King XXX, I sometimes put up little advertisements for her, so you can go click on that link and sign up and enjoy her shows. Well, there you go. That's a great talk with Goddess Helly. Now, I have a request for you, my listeners, which is, uh, I want you to do me a favor, and that is to go on the podcast, uh, whatever wherever you get the podcast, and subscribe, whether it's iTunes or Google Play or YouTube or Spotify, or Spreaker, or iHeartRadio, or TuneIn, or anywhere else that I don't even know about, hit the subscribe button. I don't even care if you listen to the show. Just subscribe, because that's how we get judged by advertisers and such, is by the number of subscribers. So get on there, especially on iTunes, and get subscribed to the show. So there you go. We thank you so much for listening uh, to another great episode of Let's Talk Adults with Goddess Helly.
0: This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating .11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome Five Cheese Mac and Cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.